What is going on, guys, and welcome to the first live personal league podcast that we've done. Uh, this is for the league fourth and drunk. They are veterans to this. They have done this before, but they've never done it live before. So we are doing it live tonight. Uh, before I introduce the entire panel here, I want to explain what a personal league podcast is for those that may not know. Uh, basically, we... We get your rosters, we look at your rosters, and we break down your team. Uh, we rank them from uh, from 12 to 1. We count them down on the podcast, and we break each team down individually. Uh, so if you'd like one of these done for your league, you can go to goingfor2.com backslash PLP. It's down there on the scroller, ticked, uh, the ticker down the bottom there. So if you forget, uh, you can definitely go there and find it. Uh, but let me go ahead and introduce the panel now. Uh, first up, we have uh, Mr. Kyle. Uh, I think if I was to list the podcast that he wasn't on, it'd probably be a shorter list. Uh, but the two that he does for us are Press Coverage and the Dynasty Gambit. You can follow him on Twitter at Senra Says. What's up, Kyle? Hey, everyone. Happy to be back for Fourth and Drunk once again. Yes, sir. Uh, joining us tonight as well, as this will be his first uh, personal league podcast that he's done, Jordan. He is a, a host, a co-host on the Cover Zero IDP podcast. You can follow him on Twitter at Dr. Fantasy Sports. What's up, Jordan? Not much. Happy to be here. Good stuff. Zach, he was our uh, Going for Two Live Sunday morning pregame show host, and he's going to be having his new show starting up here pretty soon called the Balmanac Podcast. It'll be a two-hour show on Saturday. What's up, Zach? What's up? Just uh, ready for another year of PLP action. It's Good been stuff. too long. Good stuff. And yeah, you can follow him on Twitter at the Big Pulowski. And last but not least, the other half of the Cover Zero IDP podcast, Jerry. You can follow him on Twitter at Jerry Wilkie FM. What's up, Jerry? What's going on, everybody? Go Bills! All right. Good stuff. Uh, so, real quick, I want to explain how we did this. Uh, basically, we. Uh, Got your rosters. When we these guys ranked your rosters from one to twelve, with one being the team they'd most want to take over, uh, twelve being the team they would least like to take over, and we get created consensus ranking out of that, which we'll count down tonight on the podcast. I then assigned each of these four gentlemen three teams to be the expert of. So when we get to those teams in the countdown, they will break down your team strengths, weaknesses, maybe some trade advice, uh, you know, draft pick wise, what what they would do if they owned your team, etc. Uh, so let's go ahead and jump right into the first team. Number 12. All right. The number 12 team was ranked as high as number 11, as low as number 12. It was nearly a consensus 12. We did have one person with an 11 ranking. Uh, and it is Z Guardio. And Kyle, this is your team. Go ahead and break this team down here for us. Yeah. So the, the first thing I do want to break down, though, is kind of more of a, a general concept. Again, looking at the league settings. Always the first place to look. Uh, you know, minimum start two running backs, three wide receivers, and two flex. That takes up basically about half of the the starting lineup, even a little more than half of it. And full PPR. So, just looking at the those settings, only it's one quarterback, one tight end, and there's no tight end premium. Really, do feel like the teams in this league really should build around running back and wide receiver. Uh, and specifically at wide receiver, though, again, knowing that. Everyone has to start three, but ideally could start up to five. That means the threshold of the wide receivers that sh you know should be rostered or where you should roster your your receivers within 
at the very least, if, if you know you take assumption everyone has to start three every week, that means 36 receivers are going to be in everyone's starting lineup no matter what. Now, looking at uh, this team, uh, Z Garrido, they've got, I would say, one receiver that I view as a top 36, uh, George Pickens. And I was looking at uh, just reviewing my dynasty rankings today and updating them. I do have him as a top 36 receiver, but just barely. I think something like wide receiver 33. So uh, my first move for this team is needing to add to this wide receiver room and, and add to the point where Pickens isn't the wide receiver one. He's maybe the wide receiver three, but I think even ideally for him as a wide receiver four or, or you know, as a flex option. But I think at the very least, I think the, f- the first two priorities are getting the t- you know, two receivers. Knowing now uh, this team has two 23 firsts, I think my first move would try to be what's the best receiver I can get for one of those first. And, and you're trying to you know, potentially accumulate two wide receivers. We go, the consensus ranking is 12. So maybe this team, we view it anyway as maybe a, a, a rebuild. So the, the need to contend this year isn't necessarily they have to. But I, I think investing into young wide receivers is a, is a good way to spend draft capital, even when a team isn't looking to compete right away in year one. But if things change, again, having those receivers producing can help with that. So uh, I would, because I, I, we don't actually have the standings to know where these picks are, but knowing... I just brought it up on rank, the screen for you there, Kyle. He's got the 107 and the 111. Oh, interesting. I, I'd expected them to be later, considering where we have <coughs> those teams ranked, but that's uh, maybe a little uh, uh, foreshadowing for later. But later first like that i I think that's what i try to do is probably even use both on to try and get younger receivers you're looking maybe below the age of 25 right now that can be productive and you can consider to be top 30 i'd really look at like top 24 options and again really create pickens as the wide receiver three on the team instead of the wide receiver one yeah i I agree 100 percent, and i i think you know just by doing a few early mocks now granted it's really early in the process uh, with with mock drafts, but there's a there's a drop off at at pick 106. It's like there's a, t- a top consensus six players uh, in one quarterback leagues, and then there's a, a pretty good drop off. So I, I agree with you. At least early in the process, trying to move up to get you know another pick there, I do like that idea. Um, go ahead. Well, I think the the one the second move I would add is if you know that can get done and can add to the top of this wide receiver depth chart. Or, or wide receiver room with, with uh, I think you could maybe this team could afford to get rid of some of the wide receiver depth at the bottom end. Guys like Calvin Austin, Richard Higgins. I don't really want to roster like those are kind of roster cloggers. Where if you if you I think maybe the reason they're on this team is because there's so little wide receiver depth at the top. And if that's added to from the top, you can take away from the bottom. And I think the the point of that maybe taking away from some of the tight tight end depth. Uh, six tight ends rostered, and again no tight end premium. I'm pretty sure that's the most uh, one other team I believe has six tight ends, but a lot of the teams in this league are rostering three, four, five. So I think this team can afford to flat out cut some of these tight ends. Noah Gray, Taysom Hill, Robert Tunyon. I think I'd be fine cutting those three, cutting Calvin Austin, cutting Rashard Higgins. You know, the tight end wise, you get the rotation of David Njoku, Dawson Knox, where Harrison Bryant acts as David Njoku's backup. I guess we'll see where Njoku does end up. Oh, wait, did he? I forget. He's, uh, no, he's about to be a free agent. Who's that? Njoku, I believe. Njoku, yeah, I believe so. I believe so. So potentially that's three starters if he leaves and Brian takes the starting job. But I, I would kind of just build around those three tight ends and you know, getting rid of those, two, you know, Austin and Higgins. 
that it basically opens up five roster spots to double the wide, the running back depth. This team has only five running backs rostered. I think it should probably be, like I said, at least double that. Try to get to double-digit running backs, and that'll be the, the way that this team can compete, maybe without an elite running back, but if they have enough depth, they can fill those two spots. And again, uh, trading for wide receivers to not just fill the start the three starting receiver spots, but also the two flexes makes it so you don't have to stress at running back as much. So that's kind of how I view this team in general. Uh, I don't know if that was specific enough for everyone. Yeah, no, I, I get that. And Jamie did remind me, he did, uh, Najoko just did sign a big contract, so he is not going to be a free agent next okay. year. I, I forgot he signed that big contract there before the season started. Yeah, me too, clearly. <laughs> Thanks, Jamie. Um, there's one thing I wanted to, to, to talk about too, is just, you know, going back to the receivers, you know, this team, and I, I think you might agree, Kyle, is probably not competing this year. Uh, so running backs, drafting them, I don't think is something you're going to want to do because you're not going to compete. You want to get those receivers that are going to have that, you know, longevity, maybe next year's draft, you start looking at getting the, the higher end running backs. I know there's some good running backs in this draft, especially towards the top. Uh, but I think receivers just have that longevity. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I agree. And that's kind of what I was all saying. Like, if you, if you can't, you know, trust the receivers you're going to draft with those picks to trade for veteran receivers that are still relatively young, is I think the, the ideal thing that way, you kind of just almost bypass that entirely and focus more on the 24 picks and, you know, really accumulate. And that might be the year where you can go in and draft the running backs. Yeah, I agree. 100%. Yeah, I definitely think the priority is to fix this wide receiver. Group. All right, let's get to team number 11. Number 11. Team number 11 was ranked as high as 10, as low as 12, and it is Bach514. Let me get his roster pulled up on the screen here. And uh, Zach, this is your team. This uh, this team is something. You know, When I looked at this roster, it said to me, hey, we had a COVID startup in 2020, and this is the remaining team that never made any transactions from that initial startup. <laughs> For for some reason, when I looked at this lineup, I was like, "Oh, uh, back 514, 504 days or 514 days ago is probably the last time they made a trade." Just based <laughs> off this roster construct, you know, there are nice pieces, but when I'm looking at it, man, it looks as if something that you would have constructed with the hopes of Carson Wentz in the future or Miles Sanders actually being a full time RB one without a committee in Philly. There's a lot of pieces on this roster that I like, but I think it's time you need to just cut ties, sell them for what they're worth, and run while you can because there's a lot of aging pieces, essentially at every position, that I think they're doing more more harm than good sitting on your roster at this point. Kirk Cousins is a respectable QB option. I think he can help you. He's not going to hurt you if you're trying to compete, but at the same time, you know, I you. You realistically don't even need four quarterbacks rostered in this format. I know Pal was referencing that with some of the tight end stuff as well, but you know, when it's a one QB league, you really don't need guys, especially like, uh, you know, maybe a Matt Corral or Carson Wentz, probably just send them to the curb, try and stack up on more running backs, wide receivers there with the running back room specifically though, there weren't a lot of guys that I really saw with long-term upside and hope Spiller and Chandler are probably like the long shot. You know, not really much expectations there, but there's maybe some long-term hope. But otherwise, Sanders, Connor, Edwards, Alaire, we kind of know what we have there. You know, maybe it's even past its prime with what you have there. So that's where 
see what you can get for him this offseason. I wouldn't wait any longer. Uh, the age always scares me there. Someone like James Conner, what I want to say, is he 28? Yeah. 27, about to be 20. I, I don't want to sit on that any longer when someone might be contending, trying to get the RB3, RB4. I mean, there's other rosters as we get further along that I'll allude to for potential trade targets. But this team right now just has a lot of holes and, you know, relative um, relative bright spots. I mean, I like the draft equity. I like having your picks, TJ Hawkinson, Devonta Smith. Like, yeah, I'm excited about some of that. But at the same time, this the wide receiver room, too, just there's so many guys I would have been excited about in 2020, 2019. You know, there's a lot of those names where, oh, this was their next year. Never came. Never came. And never happened. Curtis Samuel, Paris Campbell, Van Jefferson, LaVisca, Devontae Parker, Sterling Shepard. All guys at some point I've heard the case for, but I think essentially all of them, we know what we're getting now. And that's where if someone wants them, maybe try and get any sort of uh, asset that you can. But I'm starting to I'm starting to full rebuild if this is my team. There's not enough in play where I feel like I can really progress into, into a contender spot. And at that point, I need to cut my losses rather than just sitting on these assets before they depreciate anymore. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. Kyle, I want to ask you real quick, because this, this team is in a similar struggle as the one you just broke down, but they have the 102. How does that change your strategy on the draft picks? You know, because you were talking about moving up and getting them. He has the 102, though. Are you... Are you Moving back to get more picks, or are you just picking with the 102? Yeah, I mean, moving back might not be the worst idea if you could take multiple shots. That this is another team, uh, they've got bodies at wide receiver, like it's 11 players deep, but there's a few yeah. of those that are roster cloggers. They're, they're three, maybe up to four guys that you could probably just outright cut and hopefully replace with at, at very least rookies should be the upgrades on them. But yeah, this yeah, is maybe, the team maybe. I'm trading back, yeah. Um. It yeah, just seems other... like too much opportunity. Sorry, go ahead, Kyle. Well, the only other option would be, um, yeah, I guess the wide receiver depth is so lacky that it'd be tough to trade up and take Bijan to because that he would instantly come in and be the running back one on this team, and you'd get you know with Zach's earlier problem of it's an older running back team, it at least gets younger that way, but it also may not be a team that's quite ready to have Bijan yet. Yeah. I think Bijan is used goods if he comes to a team like this you know they need more than a elite running back right now i mean i think obviously Bijan on any roster makes the roster look better who are we kidding but you know with this wide receiver room and hawkinson just depending on the week you know i might try and flip someone like hawkinson to someone that's more pro minnesota where they're going to see more of the the high volume post trade and try and invest in that where i might sell him on that belief because i don't know for certain and I think there's just a lot of question marks with this roster right now where, you know, if you can trade back from pick two to pick four or something like that, and you're getting additional assets to retool all those depth pieces of guys you don't even need to keep rostered, I think that's going to be your best benefit there. Yeah, I agree 100%. And when I was talking about that cliff earlier, you know, the one, the 101 through the 106, uh, it's two running backs and four receivers. And those receivers are pretty, you know, depending on who you talk to, they're pretty clumped up. So if you move back even to the 106, you're still getting a pretty good receiver that you can then also add more assets to the to your your, your uh, draft picks as well. So um, like that idea. All right, let's get to the next team here. Number ten. The number ten team was ranked as high as number nine, as low as number eleven, and it is Mark 
Farrer one. And Jerry, this is your team here. Go ahead and give me your breakdown. All right. So he's got serviceable quarterbacks. Um, Derek Carr possibly get a starting job somewhere. Uh, he might have lucked into another year of Tannehill because Malik Willis didn't really look too good th- this year. And uh, obviously you got Matthew Stafford coming back. So it's another team that has four quarterbacks. Three of them could be usable on any given week, play the matchups. Um, I, I mean, it, it's hard to sell, especially when people are carrying four quarterbacks, four or more quarterbacks. It's hard to try to sell one to upgrade. So at least you got bodies that are going to start, just got to play the right ones. Uh, running backs, it's not the strongest room, but again, it's serviceable. He's got Austin Eckler, who on any given week is a top three to five running back when he's healthy. Um, where I would go is I would look to see how the team's going around week five, week six, uh, see how things are going. And if things are sour, maybe try to sell him off for some pieces because he's getting up there in age. Um, if, if you're doing good, four and two, five and one, hold on to him and see if you can make a run with him, uh, depending on what other moves that you make this offseason and make your team better. Um, James Cook, he's an absolute favorite. He's a buy, buy and target for me in all dynasty formats. Singletary is an unrestricted free agent this year. Uh, this could be his backfield next year. We saw it a little bit this year that they started to run the ball a little bit more. Obviously, by the hat, I'm a Bills fan. I watch him every week. Um, for the past like four or five, six weeks, he's been seeing about 35 to 40 percent of the uh, of the field. So he is like it's a it's much different than the beginning of the season. He's, he's starting to see the ball a lot more, see the field a lot more. Um, he, he's a piece that I'm going to build around. So whether you keep Eckler or not, I'm holding on to James Cook. He's one of my favorite pieces on this on this team. Um, Fournette, he might have some juice left. He could be usable a couple weeks. Got to see what ends up with him. I think Tampa's going to enter a rebuild now with Tom Brady potentially not being there. Um, so it all depends on <clears throat> if he continues to stay there, if he goes to sign like a RB2 role somewhere, because he's not going to be a bell cow anymore. Uh, Jalen Warren is another solid piece. We saw a lot of him this year, um, kind of expelling Najee Harris. I think what we saw is Najee is, I mean, Najee's going to get a lot of work, but he's not the 100% true bell cow that people drafted him to be. I I saw a lot of James Conner out of Jalen Warren this year um, as far as in that backup role, and I think he's going to be a good piece. He could be a nice flex in favorable matchups. Uh, Gus Buss and Cordero Patterson might give you some some decent weeks during some injuries and some bye weeks, but I mean, they're not anything to write home about. They're, they're getting towards the end of their careers. I mean, Gus, he's had some injury issues. If he, if he remains in Baltimore and, uh, and he, and he gets that RB two role, he has a little bit more value because they, they love to run the ball there. Patterson. I mean, we kind of saw Tyler Algier take over. I don't know what his contract situation is either. Patterson that is. So I want to see what happens there. The other guys are expendable. You could drop them make some space, uh, maybe see if Melvin Gordon gets an RB2 role somewhere. But he, he's kind of in that category with Leonard Fournette where he's older in age, getting up there with the work on the body. He's not going to be a bell cow anymore. From the wide receiver standpoint, it's probably the weakest position. Um, barring any injuries, McLaurin and Amari Cooper are probably going to be in the lineup every week unless some major moves are made where other receivers come into this lineup. Hopefully Claypool finds some chemistry with Fields. Or Bryce Young, hint, hint. Uh, DJ Chark, Allen Robinson, Russell Gage, Robert Woods, they're all, all low-end wide receiver fours, wide receiver fives. I mean, you could play matchups there, but even guys like Robert Woods and Russell Gage this year were guys like that you really couldn't rely on. Um, deeper leagues, I mean, I had to throw them in there a couple of times, and I really wasn't happy with how those weeks came out. 
Uh, you could probably get rid of Kenny Galladay, James Prochet, and Noah Brown. Uh, they're just clogging up the roster right now. DeAndre Carter, he has very little value. You're really only going to see him if Keenan and Mike Williams both miss time at the same time because Palmer is the other guy that's going to step into that role, so you need Carter um, after those other receivers are out. Tight end, the best position on the team between having uh, – well, with having Travis Kelsey, you're not taking him out of your lineup unless he's injured or if he's on his bye week. And even on his bye week, he's probably going to have more points than a lot of the tight ends. <laughs> Good and then, point. And then Trey McBride is a, is a nice up-and-coming tight end. He could be flexed in, in, in some spots, uh, especially with starting two flex and needing three wide receivers. You could start Terry Cooper, another receiver, flex Trey McBride. I think he's going to get a lot more work this year, especially with the rumors of DeAndre Hopkins uh, going. And, and we're going to have a new, basically a new offense there with the whole coaching staff all fired. Um, but like I said, if... Uh, I kind of put Kelsey in the same area as I would have put Eckler, where if you're struggling one and five, two and four at the beginning of the year, maybe look to sell Kelsey too. He's getting up there in age as well. See if you get some 2024 first round picks uh, for them, maybe get younger too. And then unfortunately, as far as picks go, there's not a first rounder for this year. We do have a pair of seconds and a trio of thirds. I'm going to try to leave this draft with about three to four wide receivers. If you hold on to those picks, Um, just take the best player available at those times. Um, the players that land in the good spots that you're probably going to see some some field time this year. And like I said, between Eckler and Kelsey, maybe you could pick up some first uh, for 2024. Yeah, good good breakdown. And um, Kyle, I'm going to go to you again. I know I was going to go to Zach, but he hasn't been here for the breakdown, so I don't want to just throw it on him. He just got back from wherever he went. But uh, what stood out to me, you know, and I want to get your opinion on this, Kyle, Austin Eckler and Travis Kelsey. I think I'm selling both of those in the off season. I'm trying to get picks for this year. What do, what do you think of that? Uh, yeah, and I, that's part of my thinking too. With what Jerry said, like you know, the idea of I think players like that, older players, they tend to you'll see the value increase in season. But there, I mean, Eckler was in full PPR, the RB one this year, just barely ahead of McCaffrey. And Kelsey was by far the tight end one once again. Uh, those might be the type of guys that you could sell. Maybe not right now still. I think, you know, the rookie draft fever is about to start in that yep. value. But I think that could be something where their value will still be high July and August. As the season approaches, that might be the time when, when someone, you know, they, they think back, oh, yeah, they were the RB1 last year. Can they do that again? And that, that could be the time to buy them. As the season's approaching, people are thinking of their lineup. So, uh, yeah, I think there, there definitely are good time frames to sell them. Uh, maybe that's the offseason, or as, as Jerry said, maybe that is early in the season, but I think that those would be key times to do that. Maybe, especially with Eckler, still be able to, even if you're competing, be able to tear down with him and get, uh, A, another running back back enough, but the plus on top enough to make up for those points and still be able to compete without it would also be the, the, the key to look at. Yeah. And you can, you can capitalize as well on trying to maybe sell the hype of the draft picks. If you have the draft equity, Say you want to have picks come draft time, you can find a way while still you know gaining assets in the meantime. I'll I'll, I'll usually try and flip off of hype, and then buy back in at the last minute when people are like, oh, maybe I'm not getting the guy I want. Yeah. So I mean, there's plenty of time between now and when people are doing their rookie drafts, where you can be aggressive and play the market that way as well while you're trying to find that potential suitor for running back. 
Yeah, that's a good call. And and I like your point too, Kyle, about the rookie fever, because you're right. I mean, the closer we get to the draft, people get in that crazy, you know, picks become almost uh, untradeable at some point. You can't get any of them. Uh, but July and August, the luster's kind of worn off. People are thinking like, I need people to start. Uh, Austin Eckler and, and Travis Kelsey definitely are startable options, and you could probably get a, a bigger haul than you could pre-draft. So yeah, good call there. All right, let's get to the next team. Number nine. Number nine team was ranked as high as nine, as low as 10. It is Tua, Touch My Chubby, and uh, Jordan, this is your team here. Go ahead and give us your breakdown. All right, yeah. A for effort for the team name. Um, And when I'm looking at this roster, the three guys were just kind of touching on this too. When I'm evaluating potential trade options, I think the most underrated piece of getting a good deal is the timing of a deal, whether it's right before the trade deadline around the rookie draft. So not only do I think a team should be looking at who they're trading, but when they're trading and what you're targeting. So I'll throw that in there into the mix. because I think that's an important conversation here. Um, starting off the quarterbacks though, it's a pretty solid room here. Uh, one thing I will highlight, I'll talk about it a little later with another team. Uh, the passing touchdowns are four points. That changes it for me very slightly. A little more emphasis on guys like Jalen Hurts, who uh, are a little more heavy on rushing touchdowns. So in this situation, with a guy like Lamar, you know, the one thing I'm going to be looking at, too, is you really don't want to trade a guy when his value is in question. When you look at the quarterback room here, Lamar and Tua, when there's no question marks, it's a solid room. Two guys with injury concerns, uh, longevity concerns at this point. So. Uh, they kind of complement each other in an odd way. So I, I don't know if I'm making an aggressive move there. Probably where I'm aggressively looking to make a move for this team in particular is in the running back room. Uh, they're set up in the short term. You have Nick Chubb and Aaron Jones at the very top. Aaron Jones, 28 years old, had a few top 10 running back seasons over the last few years. This is a team who's really weak in the wide receiver room. So I'm going to look to really, if this team wants to be set up long-term investing in wide receivers, because that's the best way to be competitive over the long term in a dynasty league. And he really doesn't have many valuable young receiving assets. So I'm looking at seeing, putting Nick Chubb and Aaron Jones out there, seeing what I can get for him. Uh, he is only rostering six running backs as well and 16 wide receivers right now. So some of those back-end wide receivers I'm cutting, taking a chance in the draft, and even taking a peek at the waiver wire, see if there's a, a backup running back, third-string running back who has an opportunity to move up the depth chart through the season. Maybe you can dump them for a pick uh, mid-season. So Nick Chubb and Aaron Jones, I think, are nice pieces to flip to get a little younger in the wide receiver room. Looking at the wide receivers right now, uh, Mike Williams is wide receiver one. Then you kind of have a bunch of questions. You have Cortland Sutton in the mix, Wandale Robinson, Zay Jones, KJ Osborne. A couple interesting pieces. A lot of about five flex level players and no wide receiver two or threes in my mind. Not many anyway. So definitely if you can get rid of the two running backs getting towards the end of their peak at this point, upgrade that wide receiver spot. You can still stay relatively competitive in the short term. Set yourself up better for the long term. Uh, this team is missing a first-round pick, I believe. Um, so that's another consideration. 
here. It feels like the kind of roster where he thought he had a decent shot to make a run this year, traded a first midseason, and uh, it didn't work out for him. So, you know, it has two seconds, though, and a third. So that's where I'm taking some shots on getting some of those young receivers in a very, very deep class. Or if you end up trading Nick Chubb and Aaron Jones, uh, potentially hitting on some of those uh, second-round guys in the running back class this year as well. Tight ends, uh, you have Darren Waller and Evan Ingram. Uh, I'm shopping both of them to see what the market's like in the league personally. Uh, Waller was pretty solid uh, over the last four games when he came back, finished tight end six, but because his season was uh, cut short or he didn't play the entire season, I'm not sure he's at peak value right now. Evan Ingram, on the other hand, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know if his value is necessarily going to be any higher than it is, even though he seems like a potential long-term investment if you can get somebody to overpay for him right now i'm all on board with that you have a little bit of flexibility having two solid tight ends in that room right now yeah that's a good call and i want to go back to your running backs here and just something that i want to point out that i don't know if these guys you know spend much time on on spotrack uh in sites like that looking at uh, their contract situation mm-hmm. uh and looking at aaron jones's contract either the packers need to restructure it uh, or he won't be there because it jumps from a eight million dollar cap hit to like twenty two million. I think is what the the price tag is. So if yeah, he it's the highest in NFL history, actually, for a running back. Yeah, it's it's an insane amount. So either they're going to restructure him to keep him there, or he will be somewhere else. So uh, take that how you will. You know, I don't know if you want to try to move him now while he's with the Packers, or if you want to wait to where he gets traded. Uh, whatever the case may be, uh, Aaron Jones may not be a Packer next year, so that could change his value considerably. All right, let's go ahead and move on to team number eight. Number eight. Number eight team ranked as high as number seven, as low as number eight. And it is Zach Milfson. And Kyle, this is your squad here. Give us your breakdown. Um, I mean, it's funny we didn't get Zach to do this team, just a similar name, that's all. Um, but he doesn't really want to be associated with Zach Wilson. I don't know if many people want to. <laughs> Luckily, this team doesn't have Zach Wilson as a QB1. Uh, and Looking at the the, the team, uh, elite assets kind of at really at the three positions. So Justin Fields at quarterback, Ken Walker at running back, and a pretty good trio of uh, Jalen Waddle, DK Metcalf, and Michael Pittman at wide receiver. I guess my concern is the depth beyond that. I mean, if Mooney comes back healthy from injury, he should be an okay starter most weeks. And then if Romeo Dubs can take that second year uh, step up in year two, that's maybe your five starters at wide receiver that you can play with again, three minimum every week. And then the two flexes. Uh, but again, after that, the next best receiver might be John Mechie, who still hasn't played an NFL game yet. So uh, and the next one after that might be Justin Ross, who also hasn't played an NFL <laughs> yeah. game yet. So uh, I think that the depth at both positions uh, really like, you know, Ken Walker and Brian Robinson, only two starting running backs, uh, potentially Chuba Hubbard's a starter. Um, and I mean, I guess who knows? Miles Sanders might be gone. Maybe Kenneth Gainwell's a starter, so you might have up to four. But realistically, looking at probably two, maybe even only one starting running back, uh, depending on what Washington does. So I think getting depth at both of those positions might be the key. Maybe it's trading away a Michael Pittman to tear down a receiver and get another pick, or or Waddle or Metcalf. Um, I, I guess uh, the other thing too is at tight end, uh, Isaiah Likely, Juwan Johnson, Hunter Henry. That's kind of if you can play the matchups right, you might be able to get through okay through the season with just those three. I think Trommy Tremble, Brevin Jordan might be cuttable, and you could 
reduce it to just the three tight ends and, and really just play the matchups between the three. Um, I guess this team, in theory, if they wanted to upgrade a tight end, I would, I would uh, purposely look for top six tight ends only. So, you know, Kelsey, I mean, Pitts is up there, but he's probably really tough to trade for. But aside from Kelsey, you've got Hawkinson, Kittle, Goddard, and Andrews. Uh, I don't really want to, like, to the team Jordan just had, I don't think this is the team that I would want to trade for Evan Ingram because I don't know that Evan Ingram is that much better than, say, Juwan Johnson to make a difference of giving up anything when, again, this team really should be looking at depth at wide receiver running back if they're going to trade. So if they're going to trade for a tight end, it's got to be go get a Travis Kelsey, like go right to the top. I don't think a, a marginal upgrade is probably not in the best interest of this team. Yeah, I agree 100% with that. Uh, Jordan, I want to get your thoughts on this team a little bit here. Um, so you, you know, you broke down, uh, Lamar Jackson and you, you mentioned the four point, uh, passing touchdown here. So he's got, he's got Justin Fields. Uh, what are your thoughts on this quarterback room overall and and your thoughts on Justin Fields? Yeah. I mean, I've always been a big Justin Fields fan. I think he's set there, especially in scoring format like this. You could argue he's got a top six quarterback right there right off the bat the thing that's kind of interesting about this team overall to me it is i believe the youngest team in the league so i find it tough there's not many high quality assets that i would necessarily define as declining at this point it seems like there's a lot of guys who are just starting to maybe reach their peak this season within the next two years so i think it's a really interesting uh team it's Either you got to sit back and wait, let some of these guys develop, and this team's going to become more competitive. I think it's a little disappointing they don't have a first-round pick this year. I think that would have gone a long way for them. But if you can, the depth is definitely a concern for me. So if you can look at one of these higher-end guys, even a Metcalf, Waddle, as much as you don't want to get rid of them, if you can get two younger guys and solve the depth issue while still. Uh, being young and trying to stay competitive, I think that's a move you have to consider. Yeah, I'm with you. And, I, you know, looking at his draft picks, he's got three second-round picks. Uh, he has a 205, a 211, and a 212. You know, I wouldn't try to do it now, but as we get closer to the draft, maybe potentially packaging two of those seconds to move up, maybe even into the bottom of the first round uh, to try to consolidate picks and get a, get a better player. Um, again, or just outright trade for another, again, a, a, another young receiver that can complement and add a fourth real threat to this team uh, absolutely Pittman, waddle and, and metcalf as well absolutely. or you add those you know add a second to one of them and get maybe a couple receivers maybe like if three players back like you give it up metcalf in a second to get three guides you could plug into your starting lineup it could be some creative trades that way too yep agreed all right let's move on to number seven number seven number seven team ranked as high as five uh as low as eight uh, it is John H seven eight six two nine and uh, Zach. This is your team. Give us your breakdown here. This this one's tough. This team, you know, it's really on the edge of either contending or cratering, and I don't know which way it'll go. Is they ha- have just enough depth to be a team that like, okay, I could convince myself they make a deep run, but they have they lack just enough depth where I actually truly believe that they'll be able to stay fully healthy and be able to compete for a full season. I mean, for example, at quarterback, I love Joe Burrow. I think you have your foundation there in a one QB league. I don't know if you need four. I mean, honestly, why not open that roster spot up at at most three? 
I mean, does everyone agree there? Three is. Uh, I mean, I don't sure. think Bailey's happy should be rostered in this. Yeah. Like, like I, I, don't, I don't know about you guys. Like, I don't think he has any chance to start. Agreed. He's going to be buried as a backup on the Patriots for four years on his rookie contract, and then he might get a chance to start after that, but probably not. Like, I, I just got Zappy. I'd rather stash another, you know, black guy, you know, just a running back, maybe a, a third, fourth stringer, a guy that's just promoted from the practice squad, anyone that has a little bit more relevance in regards to fantasy, because Zappy, even when he was playing, you weren't going to use him. Come on now. In regards to your running backs, though, I love McCaffrey. I'm not sure if you always had McCaffrey and Elijah Mitchell, but that's a great combo to have. Um, I like it there, but unfortunately, that's a double-edged sword with this roster because then it's, you know, 1A and 1B between those two backs, and then you have Tyler Algier. And then that's where I'm looking at this roster, and I'm like, wow, if only they had another running back they could truly rely on. They have a lot of handcuffs with Kareem Hunt, Madison, Keontae Ingram, J.D. McKissick. Those are guys, you know, I might sell, sell to the teams of the uh, who have the primary running backs, but otherwise... I don't know if there's a really a benefit in rostering them yourself when you could really get more talent there yourself and maybe get, I don't know, a solid running back for. Would you guys agree with that? Yeah, I'm 100% yeah, with you. I believe Madison and Hunt are free agents, so they might they might find bigger roles somewhere. Yeah, and I think there's someone that should just buy into it, but I don't know how much. I don't know. It, it scares me there to rely on this core for a deep run. Same thing Madison with wide might, receiver. Or go sorry, ahead, sorry. Well, Madison like, might get a bump in value if he goes, if he like he leaves somewhere else via free agency. That might be the bump needed to trade him away at the higher value. Yeah, Kareem Hunt as well. I mean, yeah. both of those. If those guys get traded, I'm trading them on my team because that's when all the hype is there. Like, oh, he's got his, he finally got his, his RB one job. I'm trading him immediately. Get you know, get get that high value out of him. I forget there's more buzz around them than what I think. So you're right. <laughs> I, I'm not in on either of those guys, so I'm not optimistic in regards to what that role is. Plus, we always have new rookies coming in. There's a lot of good running backs coming in this year for the draft class, and hey, I won't be more optimistic on them than I will some of those guys via free agency. With the wide receiver room specifically, though, I love the T against Christian Watson combo. I mean, I'm not going to repeat it too much, but I love Christian Watson. (laughs) T Higgins is a great foundational piece at the wide receiver position. I would look at maybe trying to trade Keenan Allen, Tyler Lockett. You know, uh, get younger. You have so many young pieces with uh, Joey B, T Higgins, Christian Watson, and uh, like Algier Mitchell. I don't know. Why not just try and get younger all the way around, play it safe, and try and build for the long term where you're just nonstop a contender? Because right now, I don't think you need to rush it, but I also see a lot of benefit in playing the patient, the patient slow burn. I can see why he did, Zach didn't get the team name Zach. He got the team with Christian Watson. Yeah, I was just going to say, it, it's good that we do these POPs live now, right? Because in the past, Zach would go on and on about Christian Watson on every PLP, but the only people that ever heard it were people in that league. So now that it's live, you know, anybody that, you know, is on Christian Watson like Zach was, everyone's going to know how much you love Christian Watson because it's going to be on it's going to be on YouTube now. I don't have to state it. I mean, I, I don't even explain myself anymore. I just assume everyone knows. <laughs> hey, that's my guy. Absolutely. All right. So moving on to number six. Number six. Number 16, ranked as high as four, as low as seven. It is Agent of Chaos 85, and Jerry, you're up. 
All right. So decent quarterback room. Uh, Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott. He still has some uh, fancy relevancy. Interceptions were a little too high this year, but if they come down, I still like him. He he can run the ball, although he doesn't do it as much as he did in his early years. <clears throat> and with the rumors of Odell coming there, and they actually brought in T. Y. Hilton, I think they're going to bring in another weapon for him. So I think that just bumps him up even a little bit more. Uh, between having CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup, and then another weapon on the outside for him. Um, I like Dak for as a, most of the season starter, obviously. Got to worry about the injury, um, his bye week, obviously. After that, I mean, Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love. You, you're going to get some weeks out of Aaron Rodgers. Jordan Love could be the guy in Green Bay, so at least that's a body if you need to play somebody. It's 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 hard to target any kind of quarterbacks, but I if if there was a if there was a team that I would say to target quarterbacks, it would be this one. Um, maybe to replace your Aaron Rodgers or Love and get a better guy that you could have Dak Prescott and somebody else as a nice one-two punch. Um, the running back room was middle of the middle of the road. Uh, obviously, we all know Derrick Henry's a tank, but I'm going to say the same thing to you that I said about Austin Eckler. Um, if you could, if you're starting off slow, first six, seven games, one and five, two and six, whatever. Um, maybe try to move Derrick Henry. He's he's not getting any younger. He just keeps on taking a bunch of uh, keeps on taking a bunch of hits. He's not. I don't want to call him injury prone because he's not, but he has missed a few games, and he just keeps on getting fed the rock. So the more he gets fed the rock, the more hits he's going to take. Um, so maybe see if you can move him to to somebody that is is contending, uh, somebody that can give you a couple good pieces for a guy that. Because I mean, I think I think Henry still has a few good years left. But try to sell him while you could sell him high instead of waiting until he's done. Um, you got Dobbins, Akers, and David Montgomery. Uh, Montgomery is going into free agency, so see where he lands. Another guy that I mean, this is a really big free agent class for running backs. Uh, there's going to be a lot of movement as far as running backs go. Montgomery, I still like them. They're all very solid RB2s, maybe RB3s. Um, Dobbins, we we saw when he came back and actually was healthy. He, he was looking really good. Acres towards the end of the year. I mean, he helped a lot of people win championships. Uh, so if he stays in LA, I think that that's going to be a solid move there. Um, I, I know there was rumors last year of him wanting to be traded, but who knows? I mean, he's still under contract, so they'd have to move on from him. Uh, Rashad Penny, obviously, he's hit or miss. It's Kenny Walker's show now, so not not too really high on him. Um, if you do move Derrick Henry, definitely hold on to Hassan Haskins. I, I'm i personally not a fan of handcuffing my own handcuffs. I like handcuffing other people's handcuffs. So I would hold on to Haskins while moving on from Henry. That way, if Henry does go down, you still have it. You got another starter that steps in. Um, and then the other guys are expendable. You could drop them. Not, not even really trade options, just drop them. As far as the wide receivers go, we definitely got some bodies here. Debo is always going to be a threat as long as he's on the field. We already saw two years ago he was a wide receiver two overall. He's got that potential. Uh, we saw a lot of talent with Jahan Dotson this year, even with the carousel of QBs out there in Washington. I, I like him as a solid wide receiver two, wide receiver three-ish. Deontay Johnson is a target hog. That's just I think he's only going to get better with Kenny Pickett. I think he's just going to keep on feeding him. DeAndre Hopkins is another one that could be on the move see where he goes but obviously he's on the field he's always a threat um one of the top receivers in the league until he isn't gabe davis is boomer bust potential more bust this year than boom but he always has that 150 yard two touchdown game potential um so he might be a solid flex flex option every once in a while 
Nico Collins could be the number one in Houston. Alec Pierce has the potential. Just got to get him a QB. And then we saw Shai Smith get involved a little bit in Carolina um, with their with his carousel quarterbacks that he had this year. And then for tight ends, Mark Andrews is always a threat to be a top tight end. See who his quarterback is next year. Daniel Bellinger, Kate Otten, and Zach Ertz can all be plugged into the flex if they got favorable weeks. Um, or if you don't want to use one of those wide receivers down there, uh, maybe try to move a guy like Ertz to a tight end needy team. I believe Arizona could be moving on from him, so we'd have to definitely check in on that. Uh, they do like McBride. I forgot what Ertz's contract was, too. I'm not sure. Uh, I would target Isaiah Likely from Zach Milfson. I think he is... He's more relevant. Be, I just said I don't like handcuffs, but he's more relevant being on the team that has Mark Andrews than he is by himself, I believe. Um, then you'll always have one of those two on the field if one of them is hurt. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, Isaiah likely would be a lot better on this team than he would be on Zach Milton's team, where he's picking between six tight ends to use, and and he could actually handcuff Mark Andrews over here. Uh, this is another team that I that I got that doesn't have any first. He doesn't have any seconds either. He only has two picks in this round. So again, might be just best available. Uh, target your holes, which are for for the most part, it's really, I mean, see if you get one of the one of the high-end quarterbacks that they don't go early, um, or just get a, a nice wide receiver uh with one of those picks. And then like I said, look into trading Henry if uh, if you decide to go that way and you could end up with a first round pick too. Yeah, while you were talking, I pulled up Zach Ertz uh, contracts to see where he's at. And he's a $12 million cap hit next year with only a $4 million dead cap. Uh, so definitely potential that they could move him, especially the fact that, you know, he's getting up there in his career, probably wants to win a championship. I don't think the Cardinals are there. You know, no Kyler to start the season, most likely. Uh, D-Hop's moving on. So there's a potential that he could end up somewhere where he has a little bit more value because uh, this team's probably pretty brutal in, in 2023. But uh, yeah, I definitely like your points that you made about the tight ends. And Derrick Henry is the is the one that kind of stands out to me as well. I think he's the one I'm trying to move. Uh, unfortunately, his his value is a little bit depressed with this way the season ended for him. Um, but I do think he still can can pull a pretty good sum of uh, parts there that you can get for Derrick Henry. So uh, great great breakdown there. All right, number five. Number five. Number five team was ranked as high as number three, uh, as low as number eight. So uh, this is probably the team that has the most discrepancy, at least so far in the podcast. Uh, and uh, Jordan, this is your team, and it's come and take it at number five. Yeah, this is a team that when I first looked at it, I think I was a little harsh on. When you really dive into it, there's a lot of really nice assets here, and they have a chance. They're in that middle right now or you know maybe a five seed in the playoffs but they make the right moves they can be competitive now and really set themselves up in the future and really starts in the quarterback room they have Hertz and Justin Herbert to move right off the bat you have to evaluate which one you want to move off of because that is probably the biggest trade ship right now that they have they lack wide receiver depth now, if you can move Justin Herbert or Jalen Hurts, you could argue Hurts' value is never going to be higher than it is right now. So maybe you decide to capitalize on that, you know, grab yourself a nice young receiver and a pick. This is another person missing a first round pick. So maybe one of those win now teams really uh, looking to add to that quarterback room. So I think you move one of those guys, upgrade the receivers, and this is a team that's in a really nice position. I, I love running back room 
a lot of youth, a lot of upside, a lot of talent. The top three, Javante Williams, Tony Ballard, and Najee Harris. I think that's a great combination, especially if Javante can live up to his potential. I think that could be a nice score over the next three years or so. Uh, after that, they, they do only have six running backs on the roster, so that's something else to keep in mind here. Six tight ends rostered, only six. Yeah, what is it? Uh, yeah, six tight ends, six running backs rostered. So probably make some moves to add some depth and some potential in the back end of that running back room as well. Uh, Zeke is listed as the, the fourth running back on this team right now. You kind of have to decide if the value you can get for Zeke right now is more valuable, uh, you know, if you can grab a second round pick for him, or is he more valuable holding on to as a handcuff uh, as a Tony Pollard owner? So I think that's a, an important decision to make there. I know I personally traded Zeke quite a few times during that hot streak uh, during the course of this season. So I think that's another move you can look to make in this running back room. Wide receiver-wise, at the top, you have Tyreek Hill, Mike Evans, Juju Smith-Schuster, Michael Gallup, Tyler Boyd, uh, then some depth pieces after that. Mike Evans is a guy I'd kind of play the field with, see what value you can get for him. The future of uh, the QB there is uncertain. So you can really, once again, it goes back to timing. Do you take the chance now and trade him when there's a lot of question marks surrounding him, or do you wait to see what the future of that QB room looks like? You could argue that's a risk. Maybe they bring in a young guy. Maybe they bring in a veteran that keeps Mike Evans' value stable. But, uh, you know, it's uh, it's a dangerous game that you're playing. So I'd at least play the field, see what you can get there. Get a little younger there. This is overall a wide receiver room where the average age is almost 28. So even if you can trade Mike Evans, get a little younger in that room, once again, maybe add a pick to boot, I think that's a deal that I'd be looking to make. Uh, then in the tight end room, I already mentioned you have six guys here. A lot of interesting names. It starts with Kyle Pitts at the top, a guy you're probably holding on to right now and, and building and hoping he continues to improve and reach the ceiling that he's capable of. But you got Cole Komet, Noah Fant, Mike Kosicki, Hayden Hurst, some serviceable tight ends. Uh, you know, to some of those teams that are looking to make a push, you know, maybe they're willing to trade you a late round pick this year just to solve that tight end issue. So. I'd be looking to trade some of this depth and uh, really, once again, add to that wide receiver room. I think if they're able to improve that receiver room with Justin Herbert or Hertz as their quarterback, Kyle Pitts, Tyreek, three young running backs, this is a team that feels like it's got a good balance of we can win now and be competitive over the next few years. Yeah, very good points. And I, I agree there with the quarterbacks. I know it's a nice luxury to have, especially, you know, you had Gillen Hurts go down this year for a few games. So you were like, oh, I'll just plug in Justin Herbert and I'll be fine. Uh, but at the same time, though, when you have two quarterbacks, you know, can start one of them, you're sacrificing a lot of points on your bench. And, and if you could move one of those guys, both of those quarterbacks are young. Uh, so some of the uh, teams that we mentioned early on that are in the rebuild stage, they could still take on a quarterback trade you some of their, maybe their older pieces, maybe, you know, included with an Austin Eckler type deal. Uh, you may have to throw a little bit more in to get Austin Eckler with the quarterback, but something like that where you can, you know, go for it this year. Cause I do think this roster has the pieces to compete. Um, I just think you're being held back by having two of the top quarterbacks there. You're not capitalizing on your points. Uh, Zach, I see you kind of shaking your head there. Do you disagree? You're on mute. No, I agree. I'm just looking at the team that I'm going to be covering next. I see potential trade opportunities between these two rosters, just where it could be 
be mutually beneficial. I think you got to move off of Hertz or Herbert. Um, you know, each person kind of has their own belief as to which they'd probably rather go with. But I would just make that decision and go with it because the longer you sit on it, the more you're hurting yourself. Agreed. Agreed. It might just come down to which one you can sell for the most. For the most. That might just what who who is more valued in this league, and that's probably the one I'm selling. And yep. yeah. it doesn't really matter between the two. So you, you stick with the less valued guy and get the most maximum return. Agreed. But, yeah. No, that's. I would cut Cooper Rush. By the way, he he he's like even worse than Bailey's happier. He's down <laughs> at that level. Even if you're trading away your starter, you figured you'd probably get. You know, have just you know Herbert or Hertz and Desmond Ritter, and try and find a, a cheaper way to get a maybe a better third guy, someone who might be competing for a starting job, unlike Cooper Rush, who's very clearly a back. Yeah, uh, and, yeah, and I'll get more into my idea on what I'm thinking for the the this trade target, but I'll wait for that other Ooh, team to be covered suspense. first. A little bit of yeah. a he can't cut Cooper Rush because then he wouldn't have a Cowboy at every position. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Obviously, a Cowboys fan here, it. probably. <laughs> All right, let's move on to number four. Number four. Number four team ranked as high as four and as low as five, so pretty much right there is a consensus for all of us of where this team is ranked at, and that is uh, Sam Braun Crow. And uh, Kyle, this is your team. Yeah, it's funny because even though this is uh, one of the closest to a consensus, I actually had a hard time ranking this team, and I think this this was the range where I had the hardest time uh, between three and six. So the teams I think we all view as probably playoff contenders if we had to pick but maybe not quite the the top two teams so that mix i i think at one point i had this team at three uh ultimately set them on on ranking them at five in spite of the fact that it's my favorite name of the league so uh i've always uh appreciate that i think i've uh, i think last year i got to cover this team uh specifically so hopefully uh helped uh give some good advice uh if i did uh but yes uh sons of anarchy and uh I guess every year we're growing up, the, this uh, the, this league is getting older and older. So it's <laughs> like uh, sons, more like fathers almost. But uh, uh, yeah, so looking at this team, I, a lot of some of the teams I've talked about earlier is okay. How how can you get enough wide receiver depth to potentially start five? This is maybe the deepest running back room in the entire league, and so this might be a team where you're ideally actually going to just flex two running backs every week and only focus to try and start three wide receivers, and as much as there's a couple older guys like Mixon and Cook uh, to the the same type of uh, advice Jerry was giving earlier, sell Austin Eckler, sell Derrick Henry. Uh, those would be two guys right up in, the, in that same age range to look to sell. But if you aren't able to sell them and aren't able to get the value for them, it's okay to ride them out because you've got younger guys already kind of maybe ahead of them on the depth chart and DeAndre Swift and Ramondre Stevenson. So if that's something where you can't get the value for Mixon and Cook, I think it's okay to just ride them out and ride out that production if this team is competing. So I uh, might be able to, to do that really well. And, and even uh, you know, Jamal Williams, I think, is about to be a free agent. Uh, I think the same thing with Jarek McKinnon, although I, I, you know, Williams might be able to leave and go to somewhere. Maybe not. He won't score as many touchdowns, but could still get the carries. I think McKinnon, we, we really want him to stay for his value, stay in, in Kansas City, but that could just add to the, the running back depth. So uh, really in terms of things to do with this team, I would say – Maybe it's wide receiver depth. Uh, Diggs, Adams, Marquise Brown. I mean, that's three wide receivers that I would consider to be top 30. So we go back to uh, the team earlier that I was talking about where you had maybe one guy in the top 36. This At least you, you have the three guys there, but I would like to add a fourth top 30 wide receiver. Maybe the way to do that is actually 
trading Dalton Schultz. This is a, I don't like this tight end. Schultz, Dulcich, and Irv Smith. And I think with Schultz and Irv Smith, I believe they're both about to be free agents. Um, Irv Smith coming off his rookie contract. Schultz played on the franchise tag last year. And I wonder if they end up in situations where their outlook isn't that much different. I think right now there's a big disparity in where Schultz ranked in Dynasty and where Irv Smith is. But their outcomes for next year may not be that different. So maybe banking on that by trading away Schultz, who would be viewed as the higher uh, valued guy, and you know, flipping Schultz into another wide receiver, get, get another top 30, top 24 wide receiver is what I would look for. And even if Irv Smith doesn't kind of come through, I think Greg Dulcich sewed enough as a rookie to, to can maybe trust him as the tight end one on this team, as opposed to Schultz. Again, Schultz might leave the Cowboys, go into a bad situation, you know, lower passing volume, not as much touchdown upside. Suddenly, Dulcich might actually just be the tight end one by default on this team. So maybe the best time to trade Schultz, and I mean, I guess revealing this to all the league if they're listening, but it, it might be before free agency kicks off. So this might be a, a trade that maybe you want to make imminent trade Schultz right now. I mean, he's coming off some, uh, like just last week, a big week in the playoffs. So this might be the time to sell Dalton Schultz. Yeah, I want to go back to the running backs and something that you said, and it's something I've seen a lot in dynasty leagues, as you mentioned, you know, Dalvin Cook and Joe Mixon, that it's okay to hold on to them. I, I see too much in dynasty leagues where guys get to that, you know, that age cliff and they become like they have the plague. Like people are just trying to get rid of them, get them off their roster. Like it's, it's okay for them to retire on your roster. You know, if, if if you can't get the right value for them, don't just sell them just because they're old guys and they're not going to be, you know, producing in three, four years from now. But it's okay to hold on to them. Ride them out until they, you know, ride them to the ground. If you can't get full value for what you think you can get for those two guys, just ride them out. That's what I would do. Um, so very good point there, Kyle. Ride them out like a Sons of Anarchy in a motorcycle. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Kyle's always bringing in those, uh, those, those, those tie-ins. I like it. All right. So we're up to number three. Number three. The number three team. Uh, pretty big disparity here. We got it ranked as high as number two, uh, as low as number six. And uh, Zach, this is your team here. It's the 2027 champion. Can I ask a question first off? Can you pull up what draft picks specifically they have? Yep, I'll pull it up while you while you start your breakdown there. All right, cool. Because I was trying to determine specifically how many in it at what slot. But no, Trevor Lawrence. First off, love having him as your QB one for the future. Um, and I'll get more into what I'm thinking in regards to some ideas for QB targets for you, even though I think Trevor Lawrence can be your foundation there. At running back, I love the core of Etienne and AJ Dillon. You know, that's a great foundation. However, you don't really have another option. You have Keyshawn Vaughn, Ty Johnson, Benny Snell. A lot of uh, just kind of up in the air. But luckily, that's where you have your draft assets. And Jeff, what are those? They are 101, 103, 104, and 106. And then oh, he also I has the 202 it. and the 203. Good for you. Oh, yeah, I probably should have ranked them I... higher than six, knowing that. <laughs> yeah, I, I apologize because I didn't realize, because you know, I, oh. I took different screenshots this time thinking I was saving time, but I didn't realize that when I sent it to y'all that the pick number isn't on that screen. It just says first-round pick, so I apologize for that. I should have fixed no, that. But that's, No, you're good. That's where I was wondering. I was like, that's a lot of first, and based on how this is, uh, I, I couldn't believe also this wide receiver room. Oh, wait, you have five of the six uh, first-round wide receiver picks from this last class. Garrett Wilson, Olave, London, uh, Jamison, Traylon Burks, but then he's also got Brandon Ayuk and Rashad Bateman. 
I love that wide receiver room. Honestly, there's a few other people in there I like as well. Few you can cut, but I'm looking to probably sell some of those wide receivers. It's great to have depth there. It's great that they're all so young, but you know, hey, do you do you want Bajan right now? I mean, I think I think you do. I think you're ready to go. I think we snag Bajan, maybe move back with another pick. You can just load up your. I mean, get greedy. Take the second round if you want. I mean, these are the kind of draft situations I love to be in where you can kind of just trade back however much you want. If you want to fill your whole bench with the second round, you can. Um, but specifically, what he needs to address is the tight end position. I love Okonkwo. I love Conklin. I, yeah, some of those guys are fun and all that. But look at specifically who we had at number five. Come and take it. They have Kyle. They have or Cole Komet. They have Noah Fant. Those are guys I'd be looking at maybe trying to acquire from them. But also they have Hertz or, or Herbert. And I was thinking, hey, maybe why not use one of those wide receivers in Trevor Lawrence to get uh, a Herbert or Hertz and uh, a Matt or something like that. They're getting that tight end they need. They're upgrading at QB. And, you know, the team that's moving on from the Hertz-Herbert combo, they're at least getting a solid backup option that has potential to be more as well. Oh, what are you guys' thoughts there? Yeah, yeah I, like I, I do like that. I, I personally like Trevor Lawrence, but if you could get Hurts with the with the four-point passing touchdown, I think that's the, an upgrade for sure. Uh, I do like Lawrence's that outlook going forward. I do think he's going to be a top-five quarterback, top-six quarterback going forward. But, uh, yeah, if I can get Hurts, I would do it. Might even be worth it to like throw in a second and get a third back, like make the, the round move back if that's what it takes as well. Yeah, and this is something else about what Zach said earlier. Oh, just well, just about Bijan, right? Like this does seem like a team that is ready to inherit the one on one in Bijan. So I wouldn't look to shop yeah. it. Only five running backs. Like there was a team I bench I had earlier that that had about that. So I think you know, five running backs, eighteen wide receivers. Like that should almost be even. Yeah. Let alone triple triple the the size. So. But- yeah. I, I, if I was this team, sorry, Zach, I'll quickly say this. No, you're good. I would maybe use most of my rookie picks on running backs. Like, this seems uh, like the type of team that is ready to plug in some rookies right now. Exactly. Um, that, no. that are able to, be, like, get into the NFL and start producing right away. Like, this would be the type of team that – this is the team that you could kind of take luxuries and, and just take whatever best running back available at every spot in the rookie draft. And We're knowing that you might be there. plugging them into your lineup right away this year you, you you know i think last year was a really good class to take rookie wide receivers and it seems like he maximized on that this year might be better to flip to the other way and get the rookie running backs in this class yeah yeah and i and that's where I, what i was alluding to earlier where he's got so many draft assets in the first round and some in the second round already you can always trade back you know as it's getting closer and closer to your rookie draft day and all the hype's building up you can sell those and double your cost i mean you could easily get two mid seconds for a late first at some point um i mean if you want to just get real greedy with trying to load up that running back room with the mid second rounders you know the guys that were the tyler algiers and that type from last year i think that's exactly what i'm trying to do after i get my Bajan and one or two other guy in the first round just try and get greedy and hog as much of the second third as i can let me just Stash all the sleeper guys I like. Yeah, screw you guys. I'm going to get selfish. <laughs> what's what's funny to me is, you know, we did some of those teams early on there, the 12 and the 11, and, and you know, they, they look pretty bad on paper. Uh, this guy, is, he has the 101, and it's his pick. 
I'm looking at this roster like how did how did you end up as the last you know this roster is pretty good compared to those ones we broke down early on I, I don't know how you you had such a bad season that you you ended up getting the 101 but uh kudos to you and however you did it whether it was tanking or whatever but uh you well, know, I'm just looking at Etienne Dillon for the first half of the season that was not a running back room that was winning a game so over the back half of the season maybe but maybe he was already so far behind it's, that fair the point. playoffs were out of reach and same with Trevor Lawrence. He wasn't too right. great to start the yeah. year. Yep, fair point. I'm, I'm, I'm recently biased and thinking about what they were towards the end of the season. But yeah, that's a good call. And uh, then when his receivers were smashing is when those running backs weren't. Like, you know, that's when Drake London was at his best in, in Olave. And so if like he had the end of season production with Etienne and Dylan with the early season production of those receivers, that might have matched into more wins. So it just the team seemed to just never all smash at the same time, probably. Yeah, uh, I want to ask you, Jordan, real quick, uh, you know, with all these picks here, there's something I like to do, and I'm just going to get your opinion on this. So he's got so many picks, and he's got a ton of young receivers. He, If he takes all of his picks, he's just going to have a, a boatload of guys that he can't start, like guys on his bench that are really good that probably can't get into the starting lineup. So a lot of times I will move, you know, current picks to later rounds. So if I took, you know, one of those firsts, and turned it into a first and a second next year just to kind of push my equity down the road a little bit so that I can allow these young receivers to sort of grow into their own and see which ones are going to be elite. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, when you have this much depth and this many picks, your options really are wide open. I mean, you can start looking at packaging guys together for guys that are up a tier you can look at future draft picks you can look at you know even he's got three or four second round picks as well I mean it's a kind of situation where maybe he'd like to add a running back that's a little more surefire maybe he's not 100% sold on riding Etienne and Dylan and there's not a lot of he's gonna have Bijan as well but maybe you look at getting a guy like Mixon or Cook cheap and you know something like that too so I think if I was taking over this team I would balance it out probably with a little more of a win now piece. It's not that these guys aren't going to contribute now, but I think you have a lot of flexibility there. Maybe this is the team that trades for Eckler. Yeah. Yeah. Just the, like that uh, just got me thinking, Jordan, when you said that. Yeah. Good call. Uh, and, and Adam, uh, Adam is part of the yeah. league. He chimed in here with uh, it's max. <laughs> it's max points for uh, max PF decides first. So he just happened to have the, the lowest <laughs> amount of points uh, possible for the season, which, you know, when you're mentioning those points, Kyle, that I didn't even, I just was thinking recently, but, uh, you're right. He probably struggled early on, and, and that's how he ended up in the position that he did. And then I guess, you know, maybe the lack of running back depth almost helped him in that sense. Right. Maybe he wasn't having these running backs go off, go off on, on his bench. bench. Yep. Points. Yeah. Exactly. All right. We are up to number two. Number two. Number two team was nearly a consensus, uh, ranked as high as two, as low as three. Uh, and it is more Purdy Lambs and uh, Jerry. This is your your team here. All right. So for QBs, not not the greatest, but I think we see a much better Deshaun Watson next year. He's going to have a full off season with little to no distractions. Um, go into Browns camp, be able to practice with the team. Um, so whatever you think about him as a person. Put all that aside. I mean, as a football player, I think we're going to see a much better Deshaun Watson next year. Uh, Brock Purdy gives you a backup to lean on. Who knows what's going on there, how far San Fran goes in this playoffs. One way or another, I mean, I think he's going to be on San Fran. So whether that's starting for them or backing up Trey Lance, it's still a solid body to hold on to. 
And then handsome Jimmy, we might see in another uniform next year starting. So I would definitely hold on to him. Um, again, with, with it being a single quarterback league and everybody having three, four, five quarterbacks, can't really move any of these guys. But you definitely want to have another body or two that, that might get some starts. And if San Fran decides to go back to Trey Lance, Purdy doesn't really do you too well there. So you, you, you kind of want uh, Jimmy G to go somewhere and be a starter. Uh, for running backs, I think this is one of my one of my favorite running back rooms. You know, Kyle had one a couple couple teams ago. But I like this one, Brees Hall. He should come back stronger. Uh, today's medical technology has people coming back from ACLs, and it's not even like they missed a beat at all. Saquon Barkley is back to his normal self, and he stayed healthy all year. He's going to be getting a big bag of money this year, probably with the Giants, but he's going to be back. <clears throat> Rashad White, he has a chance to take over that backfield. I like what I saw out of him. He's a good pass catcher. He's going to be a decent running back on a, like I said earlier, when we're talking about another buck, um, they're, they're probably going to be in a semi rebuild. And I think Rashad white is going to see a lot of the ball there. Um, especially if Leonard Fournette's gone clear, Khalil Herbert could also see a bigger role with David Montgomery being a free agent. I think he steps into the RB one role for Chicago. Uh, Pierre strong should be, see a bigger role with Damian Harris being a free agent. Uh, we saw quite a bit of him between the injuries to Ramondre Stevenson and Damian Harris, and he looked pretty good in his time there. Um, so you definitely got bodies. I mean, they're, you only really need to play two, up to four, um, but you could definitely get two of these guys that are going to give you some solid output on a weekly basis. Uh, for wide receivers, it's another strong room. Uh, the toughest challenge is going to be finding which three to five to start each week. A.J. Brown, C.D. Lamb are going to probably be in the lineup every single week. Uh, DJ Moore played really well with Sam Darnold. I personally think they bring him back on like a bridge deal. I don't know if they go for any of the high, high quarterback prospects. So they're either going to go with Sam Darnold or see what they got out of Matt Corral. I hope they stick with Darnold for DJ Moore's sake. Um, but I think that if, if they do stick with Darnold, DJ Moore is, is, is definitely solid as a, as a mid-level wide receiver too. Uh, just has to be more consistent. Um, he's another favorite mid-round target of mine is Calvin Ridley. Um, who is stashed on this roster. I think him and Trevor Lawrence are going to be magical together. They're not going to, I don't think they're going to click right off the bat, but I'm not going to panic trade him. Um, I'm definitely holding on to Calvin Ridley everywhere that I have him. I have a bunch of Calvin Ridley. I was lucky to be in leagues where you could stash suspension in IR, so I was able to hold on to him. Um, but even even in, in leagues where you had to sit on your bench, it, it's, I think it's worth it. I mean, we've seen a lot of good out of Calvin Ridley. I think he's going to be a, He's going to be solid with Trevor Lawrence and might slip into that wide receiver one role. Um, Michael Thomas is another one, too. I mean, the Saints restructure his contract to where it's really movable. So I think they could trade him, move on from him, um, and maybe he finds a team where he actually wants to play and, and not fake all these injuries that he's been doing. Uh, Jerry Judy, he, he seems to have become Russell's favorite target. Chris Godwin, unfortunately, he, his Q, QB situation is a bit murky, but, I mean, whoever's under center, be a dummy not to throw to him. And then Elijah Moore, Rondell Moore, and Donovan Peoples-Jones are definitely worth hanging on to. Um, I mean, it's going to be, it's going to take a lot. It's going to take like a Bimageddon to throw one of those into the lineup or a bunch of injuries, but definitely, I mean, they're, they're solid bodies that, uh, that can definitely put up points on any given week. Will Fuller and Jamison Crowder, I would drop them. Not really worried about them. Um, and then for the tight ends, Seems like I had all the all the top tight ends from the last couple of years. I had Kelsey on one team. I had Mark Andrews on another team. Now I got George Kittle. And if, if Purdy ends up being the guy, 
Purdy and Kittle worked really well together. I think they I think they scored a touchdown in all of Purdy's games. At least one touchdown Kittle scored, except for the playoff game last week. That's correct. Um, and then Gerald Everett, he was a nice sleeper. He looked good. I believe he's under contract for another year. I think he's going to continue to get looks from Justin Herbert. Uh, he's got Gronk on his team. There's rumors of Gronk coming back next year. I'd hold on to him, see see what's going on there if, if he comes back. If not, he's an easy cut. He's 33 years old. No, no big deal there. And then Jelani Woods, he's a nice stash. Um, it's going to take a lot to play Jelani Woods, especially with having Kittle and Gerald Everett. But hold on to him. Um, see. I mean, not really, everybody else is carrying a bunch of tight ends, so you can't really move them for anything. And then the picks, he's got four 2023 first-round picks. Really not much more I could say there. It's not the 101, because uh, the last guy had that, but he's definitely got, uh, who's he got, 108, 9, 10, and 12. So all later first-round picks, but still, I mean, we did a mock draft a couple of days ago yesterday, and there was value well into the third. Absolutely. So, I mean, you're definitely, you're definitely looking at some... Uh, some good picks there. You can move them for, for other players, but um, I, I'd see what falls to you first. I'd maybe wait till draft day with these picks because they are the later picks. See see what, what falls to you. I actually have a question for Jerry because you were talking about, okay, you know, Watson came back, looked rusty last year. As insurance, would you spend a, a, a one of those uh, firsts on a quarterback, even though it is one QB and, you know, typically we won't want to spend rookie first-round pick on a quarterback. When it gets to those late picks, would you you know, maybe maybe at 108 he gets his choice of of uh, rookie quarterbacks in this class. Knowing the three other picks, is that maybe a luxury that this team can afford to take? Since they don't really have any glaring needs, really at any position. Yeah, I actually think. I mean, especially with with uh, Zach's previous guy probably going RB heavy, um, and this guy having a plethora of, of wide receivers, I think that going quarterback with one of those late picks is definitely worth it because. He then doesn't pick again until the fourth round. And even if he picked in the second round, he's probably looking at a late second. So two of those quarterbacks might be gone uh, in the early second. So I would definitely go with a quarterback with one of those, with one of those first, a young Bryce Young or CJ Stroud, uh, maybe Anthony Richardson, if you like his upside. I don't think he's, he's NFL ready just yet, but he, he might be, he, he has the biggest fantasy upside. Um, or you can use those picks to go, go pick up like a, a Henry or an Andrews and everything just comes back full circle talking about those guys that I had earlier trading for those guys for first round picks. You have all the first round picks. Maybe go trade for those guys. Yeah. And also Jared, the other thing you mentioned was about the deciding which receiver to play. I think this is the type of team where I would lean to flexing two receivers most weeks. If I can try and get just you know, Brown lamb, Godwin Moore, and Judy in the lineup every week. Yeah. You know, you got Brees Hall and Barkley. That's probably pretty solid, so probably look to try and flex as many receivers as possible. Yeah, for sure. And he's probably going to get another one or two with those first-round picks. Maybe not Jordan Addison, um, but especially if – I forgot the last guy's name. I keep on saying the last guy. Especially if the last guy goes RB heavy, you're dropping wide receivers down. So he's going to be adding another one or two to this room already. He's going to be flexing two of them most of the time. Yeah, good point. Kyle, real quick, I want to pick your brain a little bit because I know, you know, you've been doing this with me for a long time. We've been doing it for three years. You're the veteran here, and I kind of know how you think. But one thing that stood out to me with these couple of last teams we talked about is roster construction. When you look top to bottom, they don't have a lot of roster cloggers. Like, even if you look at the team we're doing now, Jerome Ford is probably his lowest ranked running back, but he has long-term value potentially where he's at. Uh, even down with, you know, Michael Thomas being one of those lower guys in the receiver t- totem pole, but just roster destruction in, all, in general, 
if you can just kind of quickly talk about you, you know your philosophy on 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 that kind of thing yeah, so I, I've already hinted at it, you know, liking depth at running back especially. It seems like it's the position where a guy can kind of suddenly emerge uh, one week just due to an injury, and you can kind of predictably start them, whereas with the receivers, one guy gets hurt doesn't necessarily mean his replacement will immediately replace all that production and all that opportunity. So, uh, you know, even this team could probably afford, there, there are 12 wide receivers, eight running backs. Again, I, I think strive for 50-50. And if anything, you should actually have more running backs than wide receivers. So I think there's maybe two guys I would classify on this team as roster cloggers. One's Will Fuller, who didn't even sign with a team last year. Like, you may as well consider him retired. So definitely a clogger. And then Jamison Crowder. I mean, he was on maybe one of the most explosive passing offenses in the league with the Bills and could barely do anything. So there's not really many spots where he could go. And I would just... Cutting those two, adding two running backs, suddenly it's ten and ten. You've got that perfect balance. So yep. uh, that's kind of the the my. I always talk about running back depth. Anyone who's been listening to these PLPs for years, um, but yeah. So and and you know some teams are really pushing to the extreme, like only uh, you know twenty twenty seven champion that last team we just did only rostering five running backs. There's a couple teams in this league that only had that. So those yep. would be the the type of roster construction I'd look to avoid and really push it forward that not really wanting 18 wide receivers i'd look to yeah i talked about the thresholds earlier um again if we say you know can start five wide receivers that's looking at wide receiver 60 if anything i almost want all my wide receivers roster to be wide receiver 60 or higher and anyone lower than that just get rid of them that would almost be like the extreme sense of anyone below wide receiver 60 is considered a roster clog right and if, if you've got five or six guys within that top 60 maybe seven or eight, we'll say, that's your depth. And you don't really need much more depth beyond that, whereas you can really stretch the running back depth in as many shots as possible because you don't know who that guy is that's a backup that emerges because the starter in front of them gets hurt. So you give yourself as many dark throws as possible. Good stuff. All right, we have reached the top, gentlemen. Number one. Number one. The number one team was a consensus number one. We all had him at number one. Uh, and it is too many J's, and I'm assuming that must mean his his roster's got a lot of J names in there. I'm assuming, uh, and we had another J name that's going to be doing the breakdown here. Jordan, it's yours. Yeah, last team of the night, and it's the first social I believe we had. So um, strong team here. Uh, I don't need to hit on the quarterback room too much. He's got Josh Allen, Geno backing him up right now. We'll have to see where Geno lands next season. Uh, I am all for having a good insurance policy at the quarterback position. And depending on where Gino signs, I think you can fit that mold, but you have to keep an eye out on that. Uh, running back room, got Jonathan Taylor, Josh Jacobs at the top, uh, Isaiah Pacheco, Zamir White behind those two top guys there. Uh, wide receiver, strongest room here. Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, Amon Ra, Cooper Cup, Christian Kirk. I think the biggest thing that I would stress here is when you really start, there's a lot of big names at the top and in the starting lineup, but when you really start to break it down and look at the depth of this team, I do think there's some moves you can make and you have the luxury of having these big names that you can you know, take a few younger guys and maybe you take a Cooper Cup who, you know, to a lot of, you might get top five receiver value for him right now. If somebody's really trying to make an aggressive push right now, and if you can get, younger add depth i think that's really going to help this team's 
uh, longevity in this case. Uh, and th that would be what I would do, because when you really start to look at the starting lineup here, you have Jonathan Taylor, Josh Jacobs. You start Chase Jefferson, Amon Ron, a receiver, and then you have Pop and Kirk, Christian Kirk, we'll say, in your flex spots. And then really when you're looking at the bench, you have Pacheco, which is strong, but then you have a lot of question marks at receiver and Sky Moore and Tyquan Thornton and Shakir and Belish Jones, uh, James Robinson. So that would be the move that I would make. You're in a position where you have a lot of big names. People will pay up for these big names, and I would look to uh, add some depth. Uh, I hope this guy doesn't like to draft too much because he doesn't pick until 2024 round three. Uh, so even if you can pick up a pick or two in this draft while getting younger, adding some depth with some of these big names, I think that's what I would look to do. And depending how you feel about Josh Jacobs, you could argue that's another guy. You don't know if his value is ever going to be higher than it is right now. If you're taking a risk with it, he's 24. You know, you might get three top five, top 10 running back seasons out of him, but it could also go in the other directions. I'm all for maximizing value, especially if you can add depth, get younger, and add the longevity of your roster. We don't know where Jacobs is going to be long-term, so there's a lot of question marks in my mind with him. Uh, so that's a guy, personally, I would look to shop. Yeah, I like that. It's a great breakdown. This is a this is a really solid team. I mean, this is like the team that you, you take over. If you were to take this team over, that you're pretty happy with. Uh, you know, personally, I like more picks, but, you know, you can't have Beth of both worlds usually. So, uh, but yeah, I agree. Zach, I want to get your opinions real quick on this team here, and then we'll do our Dark Horse picks. Uh, just in general, you know, why do you have Met One? And, and, you know, looking at the teams as we did, you know, breaking down, do you still have Met One or would you move somebody into one spot? You know, I love it. I love the wide receiver room. The wide receiver room is the main reason that I have them at one. I mean, it just made me giddy when I saw Jamar and Justin on the same team. Like, how can you not love seeing that? Along with Amonra, Cooper Cub, Christian Kirk. I mean, it's just a stacked wide receiver room, and I, I love it. But the more I look over these rosters, the more in love I am with the team I had at number three, which was the third 20, overall team, the one. 2027 champion. Yeah. I mean, the more I'm loving that roster, because that, um, I mean, for our next, they're, they're going to be my pick in the next portion as well, but I just love this team, and with all the draft assets they have, I think that's going to be a team that's going to only be better next year and could easily be just a true contender. Good stuff. I know the reason they I won. ranked it one, sorry, Zach, but uh, the reason yeah. I ranked it one primarily was, you had mentioned the wide receiver room. You've not not only you've got probably the maybe the QB one and the RB one in Dynasty, but I have Amon Ra actually as my wide receiver five right now in Dynasty. And you know if you buy into that, you, you'd see this he was three top five wide receivers. So to get a collection like that of, of assets at the top, potentially four guys that are going in the first round of the startup, that's uh it's tough to accumulate that type of high end assets. And maybe the, you know if, if there's a lack of running back depth on this team, that's something that's easier to acquire at the back end uh it's tough to get that many stud assets like that even like zach said just to, just a team with chase and jefferson on seems really difficult to acquire seems unfair i mean yeah he has a qb potential qb1 depending on how you feel about mahomes potential rb1 you know jonathan taylor he's definitely got the 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 wide receiver one and justin jefferson and then the wide receiver two <laughs> jamar chase and then his wide receiver three is uh amon uh ross st brown that's that's an insane lineup right there and and they're all young and it's his team's going to be solid for for quite a while here i like it 
All right, let's do our let's do our dark horse teams, teams that uh, we maybe didn't rank quite as high or you know didn't quite feel as strongly about that you think could make one or two moves here during the season or during the off season that could potentially win a championship. And uh, we'll start with you, Kyle. Well, I was gonna say Zach already hinted at, so if he wanted to go first, he could he can feel free to take take the lead on this. Go ahead, Zach. I was appreciate it. No, the 2027 champion. I mean, that's my dark horse. I mean, I know they're at th- uh, the third best team for our average right now, but Still, I'm, I'm. I think that's the team I want most. I think they could easily win this year. I, just so many of these young guys. I think there's going to be another big, like leap forward on top of adding in whoever the hell he wants from this draft class. And if he needs a tight end, there's plenty of great tight ends. And in the in this draft class, same thing for running backs. So I mean, it's a great year to need running back, tight end. And I think this guy's going to just hit week one as. And he's going to end up being the biggest threat in the league, is what I'm assuming. Yeah, I like that. I like that pick. Kyle, who do you have as your dark horse? Well, and I think dark horse, I think at the outside chance and with you know one of the least likely scenarios in, in a you know football face football team is that your entire team stays healthy. But Zach Milfs, when we talked, well, yeah, this actually team I did, I specifically mentioned good elite assets, but very little depth. But if everyone's able to stay healthy, Again, he's got the assets at at the top end to be able to get into the playoffs. So, uh, again, it's it's tough to bank on everyone staying healthy, which is why I think maybe we've got them ranked lower and they would count as a dark horse. But again, if they, if that dark horse scenario happens and no one gets injured, this team, yeah, could definitely be make some noise in the playoffs. I like it, Jerry. What you got for your dark horse team? Uh, despite the stupid Patriots logo, the John H seven eight six two nine. Again, kind of feeding off Kyle, need to stay healthy, but he's got a potential top five quarterback in Joe Burrow, potential top two running back in Christian McCaffrey, Tyler Algier coming off a thousand yard season, Higgins, Watson, Allen, and Lockett is his wide receivers. Goddard, one of the guys that needs to stay healthy, but a top five uh, tight end if he can stay healthy. And he's got a first, I don't know if he has his own picks, but he's got a first, a second, and a third round pick that um, he could definitely pick up some depth or, or make a trade in and uh, maybe fill in, maybe get another running back to help him out. Good stuff. Uh, Jordan, bring it home. What you got for your dark horse? I'm going to go with a team that I talked about. We have them as number five, and that's come and take it. And I think the big reason for me is they have pieces. They have a good running back room. If Kyle Pitts hits his ceiling, Tyreek Hill. I talked about if they trade either Jalen Hurts or Justin Herbert and capitalize on this value, this is a team with a solid starting lineup a team that's got some depth uh, kind of covers all of your bases so it's a team that can make it as the four or five seed make a nice run in the playoffs and take it home yeah you stole my thunder because that's who i had as well as my dark horse was come and take it I, I i would like having those two quarterbacks and being able to shop one of them around and see what i can get for them uh the running back room is is shallow but but a good running back room that i like um so yeah i, I have come and take it as, as my dark horse team as well all right, guys, that was our first live PLP. Uh, I think I think everything went smoothly. Hope the guys enjoyed it. I know a couple of them were in the chat. Uh, appreciate you tuning in. And for those that weren't in the chat, I'm sure you listened to this too on audio or on the replay. We appreciate your purchase. Uh, you know, this is the third year in a row we've done it. So continue, you know, hopefully we continue to do that next year. And we've kind of seen this team grow. I know Kyle's been with me since the beginning uh, and has done this league a couple of times now. So uh, definitely appreciate the the purchase. Uh, and for anybody that's listening that did that, that's not on this league, if you want to get one of these for your league, 
uh, goingfor2.com uh, backslash PLP, which stands for Personal League Podcast. Uh, for a 12-team league, it amounts to about $8.50 per person. If you were to break it into your entry fee, it's pretty cheap. Uh, you can even book the day you want the live show to be and get your league all excited. It can be pre-draft, post-draft. We've already booked one for redraft season all the way in August. Uh, so just definitely check that out, guys. Uh, for the guys here, for Jordan, for Jerry, for Zach, for Kyle, I'm Jeff. Uh, and we will hopefully see you all next year.